0: What a pro-silly listeners, welcome to the Professionally Silly Podcast. I'm your audible booth thang, Amber Smiles-Jones, and this is a podcast where we discuss ghost stories, true crime, and crazy shit that I find online. Oh, I love it when it rhymes on accident. Oh, I did it again. I think I did it last episode too. Anywho, (laughs) hosted by a gorgeous melanated queen such as myself, scraping by in Los Angeles. So um, so last Sunday on my YouTube channel, also called Professionally Silly, um, I got to be a 911 operator for an evening. Yep, you heard right. I <laughs> I found this fun game called 911 Operator. It's an app and um, it's a simulation where I was the operator and it was fun as fuck and also stressful as hell. Um... <laughs> I definitely download uh, it. Definitely download the app and uh, play it. It's lots of fun. And no, this is not a sponsored ad or anything. It's just a fun ass game. Check out my YouTube video. I posted it last Sunday. So it's the last video that I posted. And I actually, I post a YouTube video every Sunday as, lo- as well as a, a podcast episode every Friday. So your girl be busy. You know what I'm saying? And the game is like 99 cents. So it's like, you know, why not? Give it a shot. So last week, we took a lovely dive into instant karma stories. You're, um, <laughs> there is really nothing more wonderful than an asshole getting what's coming to him. I love it. It's, it, it was a very delicious episode. So make sure you, um, you check that one out. This week, we have ourselves a true crime episode today. Yes. So it's time to get murdery. Um, it turns out, uh, not many people are aware of this particular true crime story. I've asked, um, several people like, Hey, have you heard of this? And they're like, no, what do you, what is that? Like the, like the pills you take, like the medicine? I'm like, yeah. They're like, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Well today, my dear friends, we are going to discuss the Tylenol murders. Yep. Yes. You heard right. Tylenol, like the pain relieving medication. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> now, in the 80s, it uh, it killed several people, and I'm going to tell you why. But before we jump into that, if you're listening to this podcast on an Apple device, hook me up with a five-star rating and a written review on the Professionally Silly podcast pretty, 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 please (laughs) on Apple podcast. Um, Doing this will actually help my podcast earn more listeners and grow. And maybe even one day make it in one of those like top, top comedy podcast chart list thingamajigs or something. That'd be fun. Also, uh, if you want to join in on the silly, you can always call slash text my Google voice number as well. Uh, My number is 805 6641828, and it's also below in the show notes. Okay, let's get it. Were the cyanide capsules the work of a homicidal maniac bent on random murder? Well, that nightmarish idea seems a real possibility at this stage of the mystery, partly because no other logical explanation has turned up so far. But because of today's developments, more states, including New Jersey, joined in banning the sale of extra-strength Tylenol capsules. A total of 12 states, plus the District of Columbia, now prohibit the medicine sale. Good evening. As officials in states from New York to California pull Tylenol capsules off shelves today, the company that manufactures the drug took its own action. Johnson & Johnson is now offering a $100,000 reward for the arrest and conviction of those responsible for spiking Tylenol capsules with deadly cyanide poisoning. So what you just heard was actual news coverage from 1982. That's just it's awesome. I'm super excited to share this episode with you because I actually asked a lot of people if they had ever heard of the Tylenol murders and a lot of people haven't, surprisingly, um, which you know makes sense. Not everybody was in Chicago or heard about it, and you know, whatever, whatever your 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 reasoning may have been. So, um, all right, let's uh, get to it. Oh, by the way, if you want to uh, go ahead and take a take a look at our Instagram page at it's pro silly, and uh, you can take a look at some photos for this episode. Okay, so murder. Um, Oh, and trigger warning um, if you use o- OTC medication, which almost everyone does <laughs> these days, and OTC means over the counter, by the way. Now, I don't know how many of you um, have actually heard of the Tylenol murders before this um, podcast episode, but they took place in the early 80s in uh, Chicago. This case changed how OTC medication is packaged. And once upon a time, when you would get pills, they weren't always sealed tight. You know, they weren't always sealed at all. They just had like a little plastic, you know, plastic little top on there, Boop, put right there. But you can just push it off with your thumb and your finger and get it open. It was easy. You know, meaning anyone can open them and put them back. All right. So that plastic seal on top wasn't always there. You know, Tylenol uh, pretty much changed the packaging game. For household products all over the country, dare I say it, maybe all over the world. Now, people never really think of reasons why things are the way they are. For existence, the story behind why the number 911 was created. And it wasn't even that long ago, like early, like with early 70s, late 60s is when the number 911 was created. And um you know, I'll probably do a podcast episode about that too. Um Why Uh, Why and when the Amber Alert became a thing as well. Now, there are so many stories behind the things that we just see as everyday situations. And today we're going to talk about why OTC medication is packaged the way that it is, which is to protect you. So let's go ahead and talk about the Tylenol murders. We got ourselves a true crime episode. All right. So on September 29th, 1982, seven people in the Chicago area took poisoned Tylenol pills. Now, unfortunately, this eventually caused their death and quite quickly, actually. Um, It all started with Mary Kellerman, who was only 12 years old, and she complained to her parents of a sore throat and a runny nose. They gave her a capsule of extra strength Tylenol. She woke up later and went to the bathroom. After she closed the door, there was a thud. That was the sound of her body hitting the floor. Now, her father knocked on the door a couple of times, but got no answer. When he went inside, he found his 12-year-old daughter unconscious on the bathroom floor. She appeared to be suffering from cardiac arrest and was rushed to the hospital, but died hours later after ingesting that pill. It's crazy when you think about it. You know, now this is a, this is just at a different time. People took Tylenol for everything, you know, but uh, I mean, you, you just don't think that a twelve-year-old girl is going to have cardiac arrest. No one had any idea how this young girl died. It was just a huge question mark. <clears throat> excuse me. And we have a postal worker, and uh, his name was Adam Janus. Uh He was twenty-seven years old, and he took some <clears throat> excuse me extra strength Tylenol. As well, later that morning, the same morning, and he wasn't feeling well. Now, the thing about today, this day, uh, it was his anniversary. And that was a day that he um, that he had planned to cook his wife a wonderful steak dinner later that day. So he wanted to go ahead and get some rest. Now, he took a couple of uh, Tylenol and uh, he laid down for a nap and his daughter ended up seeing him turning blue And then his wife called 911. Now, it also appeared that he was having a heart attack, just like 12-year-old Mary. And he was dead a few hours later. Now, once again, this is a time when Tylenol was pretty much used for everything. Sore throats, headaches, stomachs, you name it. You know, it was the number one pain reliever uh, capsule that was used in hospitals as well. You know? And unfortunately, um, Adam, he passed away at the hospital not long after he arrived. And no one could figure out what the fuck was going on. Now, after a few hours later, after hearing about Adam's death, his brother Stanley Janice and his brother's wife, Teresa Janice, they came to pay their respects and mourn their loss, you know, and they were complaining of headaches at this time which makes a lot of sense because they were probably crying a lot, you know, and it's also said that Stanley had a, a back issue as well. So that was bothering him. They saw the same bottle of Tylenol sitting <clears throat> on the counter that uh, the Adam had taken and they took the same Tylenol from the same exact bottle that Adam used. Now uh, Stanley, and I'm saying Teresa as well, cause she had a headache from crying so much, which is completely understandable. Now, Stanley uh, came out of the bathroom, clutching his chest and foaming at the mouth. And he said, oh, my God, my heart. That's what he said. Uh, The ambulance was called and they arrived pretty quickly and started to work on him. Now, moments later, his wife, Teresa, began to do everything her husband did just a few moments later. Of course, EMTs were completely confused baffled because it was just so strange to see the same exact thing happen to the person that they're working on happen to someone else like immediately it was it was it was baffling um <clears throat> now the ambulance that same ambulance was also there earlier that same day for Adam so they're wondering what the fuck we've already been here today And, uh, you know, he Adam had done the same thing. Now, Stanley and Teresa are having the same reactions. What the fuck is going on in this house? You know, Um, they they now, unfortunately, Teresa and Stanley died not long after ingesting the pills. Stanley was 25 and Teresa was only 19. So we have three people in one family die within 72 hours of each other. What the fuck is going on? On which I, I I also cannot possibly imagine losing three people uh you know in your family on the same day. That is a lot to, to 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 deal with. I can only imagine how difficult that must have been. And while wondering how this could happen, this is crazy. Cause so far we have four deaths right now. Four deaths. This is insane. Police are looking for disgruntled employees, angry customers, anybody with a grudge against the stores or Tylenol. Police are even checking stock transactions to see whether someone was trying to push down the value of Johnson & Johnson stock. Johnson & Johnson is giving refunds or Tylenol tablets or caplets to anyone who returns Tylenol capsules. People were terrorized. They didn't know what product they had in their home. That could possibly be lethal if they ingested it. In 1982, I was eight years old, and my mom had just gotten back from the maternity ward, went to the grocery store, and bought Tylenol from the grocery store that was doctor's orders. And the next thing I knew, I just saw my mom go out on a stretcher from my upstairs window, and that was the last that I saw her. We had police riding around with their bullhorns, yelling, throw out your Tylenol, flush it down the toilet. Do not take any Tylenol until further notice people were checking themselves into the ER thinking they'd been poisoned. It was absolute chaos. Within the next few days or so, three more people passed away of similar circumstances. Paula Prince, who was 35, she was a flight attendant uh, in Chicago for, for like a short time, um, kind of most likely on a, on a nap. Uh, in Chicago, it's just flight attendant lingo for saying they're, you know, kind of like a usually five hours or shorter you're there for, or maybe she was there for an overnight. Anyway, she went to a Walgreens for some OTC medication, and she bought a bottle of extra strength Tylenol and died alone in her hotel room. We also have Mary McFarlane, 31, who worked at a mall and complained of a headache she took some of uh she took some Tylenol and passed out at work. A co walker called for help, and she died later as well. Then we have mary reiner twenty seven and strangely enough, this is the third Mary uh who passed away uh to this <clears throat> uh to this horrible um poisonings uh Mary Reiner was just discharged from the hospital after giving birth to her fourth child we heard um what her daughter Michelle had to say earlier uh in the clip earlier of course mary was still experiencing some pain and discomfort and decided to take some Tylenol to relieve that pain plus it was the doctor's orders she felt a certain a sudden burst of nausea collapsed the floor and died at the hospital a few hours later now i have no idea why there were so many women named Mary involved in this case. It's one of those strange coincidences, coincidences. It sounded weird when I said that. And it kind of freaks me out too, because that's also my mother's name and my grandmother's name. I'm so glad that's not my name though. I cannot imagine my name being Mary. It just, I don't think I could rock that. I barely, I barely rock the name I have. Amber? Oh God. All right. (laughs) So after the deaths of Adam Stanley and Teresa Janus, uh, that was the family when they all died in the same day uh, within the same household, uh, things started to kind of fall in place with police because those three people died in the same house and used the same bottle of Tylenol extra strength or extra strength Tylenol. Now, once people, um, once everyone started to realize that Tylenol, that the Tylenol was uh, connected to these deaths, you can believe they start. T- they started testing the Tylenol and Cook County investigator, Nick Pichos, I hope I said his name right. Um, compared the Tylenol bottles of Mary Kellerman and the, um, the Jonas's bottles. Now both bottles had the same number, the same lot number on them. MC two eight eight zero. So the deputy examiner, deputy medical examiner, excuse me, uh, asked the investigator to smell the bottles and, Because he thought he smelled something strange. And they both noted that they smelled uh, almonds. The bottles, both of them smelled like almonds. Now, apparently, um, only some people can actually smell uh, cyanide, which does have the scent of almonds. Um, And there's a fun fact for you. About 40% of the population cannot smell that almond smell that cyanide uh, tends to give off. Uh which by the way, um they smelled cyanide <laughs> inside the, the pill bottoms and inside the pill bottles. Um so yeah, that's something that smells like almonds that isn't almonds. There you go. There's something for you. Um Helen Jensen, who was a former nurse, was asked to go take a look at the Janice household to figure out where the poisoning could have occurred which makes a lot of sense, because three people died in that house in one day, like it's, it's time to check that out. Well, not one day, but like 72 hours, but it's time to check that out. You know, uh, there were a lot of unanswered questions. And the police took her over uh, to the house, which was kind of strange, because she was a, a nurse, and she wasn't even a working nurse. She didn't work for the police. It was weird. That they asked her to go there. But you know, the 80s. Everything was done differently there. But anyways, the police took her over to the house and she dug through the trash and the refrigerator and looked around the house, including the medicine cabinet. And she came across a bottle of extra strength Tylenol and noticed that six pills were missing from that bottle. Now, the average person, as you know, usually takes two Tylenol capsules to relieve pain. Now, for me, if I'm on my lady time and my cramps is crazy, I might bust three or four. I ain't gonna lie. You're not supposed to do that, but fuck it. Anyways, uh, the fact that six pills were missing most likely meant that three people took two pills and those three people were Adam, Stanley, and Teresa. So that's kind of crazy when you think about it. Yeah. Ooh, let's talk cyanide, shall we? Now, (laughs) that's morbid. Um, Okay, so according to the CDC.gov, cyanide is a rapidly acting, potentially deadly chemical that can exist in various forms. Now, it can be uh, a colorless gas uh, like hydrogen cyanide or or crystal forms such as sodium cyanide or potassium cyanide. Now, here's a random fact about it yay cyanide fun random fact about cyanide cyanide is actually considered to be one of the most famous types of poisons used to poison so so i i decided to do a bit more research on it now hopefully i'll be able to share what i learned without having to say the word cyanide too many times so apparently cyanide (laughs) i'm an asshole i know i i guess um I gotta say it a few more times. Um, <laughs> cyanide can <laughs> refer to any chemical that contains a carbon nitrogen bond, according to Healthline.com. Look at me citing my sources. Mm. You guys are gonna come after me like you did Ashley Flowers from uh, Crime Junkie. Leave that bitch alone. She can tell a great story. I love it. Um, anyways, they can <laughs> they can also be uh, found in a lot of plants. And foods that are safe to eat like almonds uh, soy spinach and lima beans Um, my assumption is that you would probably have to consume a lot of those items in order to die of uh, cyanide poisoning I don't know how many you're gonna have to Google that or ask Alexa or whatever the fuck you want to do there Um, but (laughs) now what are the symptoms of cyanide poisoning and I'll be honest, um, I wasn't too sure about that until I researched it. I just, you know, thought foaming at the mouth or something like in the movies. I don't know. Now, a person could experience nausea, headaches, confusion, loss of consciousness, difficulty breathing, and overall weakness, um, seizures, and uh, even cardiac arrest, as you've heard before uh, in, the, in what we were talking about earlier. If you are using this to poison someone, the dose, like the the type and the type of cyanide and how long someone is exposed is something you would need to know because there's different types of cyanide, different doses affect different people, probably uh, depending on age, weight, health, and all that stuff. Um, maybe even taste and smell, you know, I, I don't know, but a lot of things. Uh, cyanide is considered to be an exfict. It's so hard to say. Exfi- exfixient. God damn it. Exfixient. Exfixient. I said this earlier and it was not a problem. And now that I'm trying to record it, I can't fucking say it. Exfixient. Ex- Son of a bitch. Anyways, moving on. Um, <laughs> the word I'm trying to say means it cuts off your repis- uh, respiratory system which can cause dizziness, confusion and headaches within minutes of ingesting cyanide, asphyxiant. I tried to sneak up on it, hope I got it. Um, <laughs> you know, I have people I have friends who can't say aluminum or cinnamon. Okay, so leave me alone. That's a hard one. There's like a P H and a Y and an X together. It's a lot of letters. Okay? Anyways, um <laughs> cyanide it's a uh, it pretty much attacks the oxygen that your heart and the and your brain need to keep functioning, and it deprives your cells of um, of oxygen, and that's how it kills you so quickly. Oh, fun fact about cyanide! Again, morbid. Sorry. Uh, there is a uh, cyanide. There's cyanide in cigarette smoke as well. So, think about the next time you take a drag. I don't know. Uh, smoking cigarettes is actually considered one of the biggest ways that you can be exposed to cyanide. Uh, Structure fires are another way to be exposed to a lot of cyanide, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, you think about it, um, you know, firefighters, you know, they tend to go into buildings that are on fire. And all that shit that sits on fire releases all types of gases and chemicals and all that stuff into the air. And cyanide is one of them. That's why they have to wear um, all the protective gear, including the oxygen tanks and nitrogen tanks that they wear in order to keep them alive while they're doing what they do. But it's also maybe another reason why a lot of people in that field of work, firefighting uh, field of work, tend to develop lung cancers in trouble with the respiratory systems and things like that later down the road. Now that's not to be, that's not like gospel, but they tend to have those uh, health issues on down the line from what I've read. I'm not a firefighter, haven't interviewed anybody. Don't come for me. I'm just talking about shit that I find online. Um, so yeah, there. Is, now there is a way to treat cyanide poisoning, but you have to know um, you know, what the problem is, you know, you have to know what type of cyanide it is, what you ingested, how much of it, hope, you know, if, if you can. And hopefully if you, um, if you have already identified the source of the exposure, uh, that would make it a lot easier for your doctor to determine the appropriate treatment. Now, if you ingested cyanide, they may give you, um, activated charcoal to help absorb it. And safely uh, get it out of your body. And, um, you know, that, I mean, I, again, never experienced it. Found this shit online. <laughs> um, it is also said that there's um, cyanide exposure uh, that it may affect your oxygen intake. OK, so like I said, it does attack your I was going to try to say it again. I can't your respiratory system. So there's a good chance that your doctor may give you hundred percent oxygen to help you with that, with like an oxygen mask or something. Now, if it's uh, left untreated, then the cyanide poisoning can result, in, you know, seizures, cardiac arrest, uh, coma, as well as death. You know, I got, side note here. Um, when I was a kid, I thought a coma, I thought it was a coma, like one word. I didn't realize it was like a space coma that I share that with you. Okay. I don't know why. Um, Now, unfortunately, um, at the time, no one knew that uh, cyanide was the culprit uh, of these deaths for, you know, for the Tylenol murders at the time they hadn't known yet. They hadn't found out yet. Now, after the autopsies were done and other tests as well, results showed that the victims had ingested between a hundred percent to 1000% times a lethal amount, which is in fucking sane. Now cyanide does have a lot of uses, and it's not always used to poison your ex lover. Okay. Um, it's also used that's what arsenic is for. <laughs> don't do that! Don't do that. It's also used for pest control. So when you call your exterminator to take care of roach problems or mice problems or shit like that, uh, that's why they always have those masks on, you know. And it's also how they kill it, you know. Um, <laughs> cyanide is also used in mining to dissolve metals. I didn't know that until I you know researched some of this stuff. Uh, it's also used for medical purposes. Apparently, it can be used to help lower your blood your blood pressure. Um, It can be used to help, um, you know, um, read urine analysis for diabetics with those tests, those test strips. I think they're called Keystone test strips and um, it it can be used. Well, it was used in gas chambers during the Holocaust. We don't need to talk about that. That was fucking horrible. Um, And the assholes who are involved in poaching Tend to use it to poison the watering holes, you know, so they can get elephants and rhinos and other animals for their ivory or fur or whatever it is that they want. Which, let me just say, I can't fucking stand poachers. Okay? You know, and, 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 and They all deserve to be locked up or poached themselves. I mean, to be honest with you, I I really don't see the point in hunting hunting unless you're like doing so for food or something sustainable. But for those assholes who go out and kill animals just to kill for sport, for the fun of it, they can all suck a dick. Just go on Amazon, purchase yourselves a huge bag of dicks and then choke on them. Also, uh, if you happen to see a bag of dicks on sale on Amazon maybe report that person they shouldn't be selling bags of dicks on amazon um <laughs> it's probably like a bunch of guys running around with their, their dicks just like oh shit well <laughs> that le- left really fast sorry listen just stop killing animals just because you can all right like you know if you're gonna eat them that's one thing but just killing them for sport you know fuck you you know you you suck like bags of dicks like i said yeah <sighs> all right i have to get that off my chest but could you imagine if human beings did that to other human beings as much as we do that with animals? Imagine a world of like Jeffrey Dahmers and Ed Kemper's walking around like, oh, God, I mean, we do kind of have a world like that. It's just not as many, you know what I mean? And honestly, if you don't, I know some of you are like, who is Ed Kemper? If you don't know who Ed Kemper is in my he's fucked up in my opinion he's worse than ted bunny it's ted bunny ted bundy and way more fucking terrifying yeah he's a fucking serial killer well yeah he killed motherfuckers um how might do, i do how might have to do a podcast episode on him remind me tweet me at the uh it's pro silly <laughs> instagram i mean instagram uh twitter account and uh, remind me to do that. Anywho, I'm just a huge fan of animals and it's, it's, all right, let me just get through this. Back to cyanide. <laughs> so anyway, cyanide uh, is also used in industrial, industrial chemistry um, to produce lots of products like uh, plastics, nylon, insulation, paper. So what you, what you kind of think about it's like cyanide is probably the world's most useful poisons which is kind of weird to admit (laughs) oh that's weird now i think i've reached a good break point i'm gonna go (laughs) gonna go use the ladies room and pour myself a glass of wine and uh, while i do that i want you guys to enjoy this trailer from literally my favorite true crime podcast ever it's called. I said, "God damn, yeah." That's the name of their podcast, and they are fucking hilarious. Aaron and Stacy, I love y'all. <laughs> if you are into true crime, comedy, and two voices that sound exactly the same, <laughs> it's, look, Aaron, Stacy, you know damn well what the fuck you both sound like. Anyways, if you're into that and true crime and a good time, make sure you check out the I Said Goddamn podcast. Hey, true crime listeners, check out our podcast, I Said Goddamn. We're a true crime comedy podcast hosted by two besties who like to share messed up cases that make you say Goddamn. Every Sunday, we try to one-up each other's story by sharing a horrific case the other has never heard of. Along the way, we splash in some wildly inappropriate jokes and colorful language. Listen every Sunday from any of your favorite podcast directories. Also, follow us on Twitter at ISGDPodcast or visit our website, ISGDPodcast.com. Listen. Listen, okay, guys, I am a true crime podcast head, Do you understand the I said goddamn podcast is definitely on my top three true crime podcasts that I enjoy. I'm being dead ass right up there with them is whining crime, which let me say, the first episode is about necrophilia. Took me a while to to give them a shot <laughs> Cause it's like who the fuck wants to hear about that? But then like when they give you the stories and they're so fucking hilarious, it was great. So I subscribed to their um to their podcast via Spotify. Same with I said God and it probably took me a good month just listen to the first episode just because of the title, <laughs> the necro the necrophilia, the first like for the first episode, bitches, come on it 's Amanda Kenyon and Lucy, and uh, they 're from Minnesota, and they talk about true crime while doing their worst Minnesotan accents <laughs> so they 're funny too, right up there with the I Say it Goddamn podcast but um, th- all of those bitches are hilarious, you know all of them I love them, my true crime bitches. a true crime podcast, bitches. And um, Amanda is my spirit animal. I just want to throw that out there. Also, check out the podcast, My Favorite Murder. Uh, That podcast is not really in need of a shout out for me. They're doing real good on their own, like on tours and shit. (laughs) Those bitches are like going in public and touring and talking about murder and, and shit like that. And it's great. And they're staying sexy while they do it which is great because that's actually their tagline at the end of their podcast episodes. They say, "Stay sexy and don't get murdered." Like that, oh so hot. I love it. And I try to do that every day and I encourage all of you to do the same. Also, check out the podcast and that's why we drink. They discuss two of my favorite creepy topics, true crime and the paranormal. Love, love them. Yes, Emma and Christine. Love those bitches. Yes. And uh, there are so many more true crime podcasts. And I probably subscribe to like, I don't know, 80 of them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's as many as I think I subscribed to three more. I haven't even listened to them yet. Just read the synopsis. and am like, yeah, I want to listen to this later. Put it up. <laughs> and actually on the I Say It Goddamn podcast, I am three episodes away from being caught up from the entire podcast series. And I have been kind of like, you know, when you don't want something to end I'm like waiting for them to do a few more episodes so I can just binge, you know? I have a problem. I do. Okay, so let's get back to our true crime episode. Um, the Chicago Tylenol murders. Have we discussed? Have you heard of this? Have we talked about this? Let's get back to that. Yeah. <music> Three people are dead, and another is in critical condition tonight. One of the victims took the pills he bought to his home. His brother and sister-in-law were so upset by his death that they went back to the house and took some Tylenol from the same bottle. A health department inspector has visited stores checking retailers for compliance with that ban. Among the shops visited drug stores and discount places along 14th Street. Most merchants have already pulled that drug from their shelves, and the city health commissioner warned there would be penalties for those in violation. We won't take any action the first time. We will uh, pay a second visit, and if on the second visit the product still is on the shelf, that subjects the shopkeeper to a fine of $500. That bizarre mystery of Tylenol laced with cyanide still has not been solved tonight. Investigators say they are searching for, quote, a madman. All the bottles of extra strength capsules were removed Friday as part of the nationwide recall. Now, not only is extra strength Tylenol off the shelves, Tylenol commercials are off the air. The race is on for Tylenol's competitors. This is insane. Some asshole, still unsolved, still don't know who this person is, took it upon themselves to go to stores Pull Tylenol off the shelves, take them home, fill the capsules with cyanide, and then put them back on the shelves. That is, um, it's insane. So the doctors, um, you know, they sent investigators out to test the Janus family's household for the poison. And they realized that the symptoms uh, did support the idea that the, that the poison was cyanide. Now, after questioning several of the family members of, of, of those that passed, they learned that everyone had taken extra strength Tylenol. So now we know uh, what has caused the deaths. But to this day, we still don't know why or even who this case, as I said, is still unsolved. Now, the pill bottles and the pills themselves were tested and observed. Um, you know, they didn't find any uh, u- anything usable to help them connect it to, s- to some one person. Um, the, the white powder on the inside was crystallized instead of powdery. They noted that uh, some of the pills were swollen and discolored. And that's probably because the cyanide was eating through the coating of the capsules. Uh, so this let the police also know that someone would have had to put the cyanide-filled pills back onto the shelves recently. Now, otherwise, the pills would have um, the cyanide, the poison would have eaten through the capsules completely. You know, now that they are aware of what happened, it was time to inform the public. Johnson and Johnson, who owned Tylenol, actually went down in history for crisis management. Now this is before you would um get the amber alerts or the text messages or emails uh you know and things like that when there's a problem. So when they re because this was the 80s. Okay, so when they recalled, they recalled. <laughs> Tylenol decided to recall everything. Johnson & Johnson recalled all Uh, extra strength Tylenol pills. So the police, this is where it gets interesting because once again, we're in the 80s. This is before text messages, email alerts, things like that. So the police were going door to door collecting everyone's Tylenol. Warnings uh, were printed in the newspapers and reported by the news stations. They even had police vehicles and fire trucks with loudspeakers and megaphones asking people not to take Tylenol because it could be lethal. Fuck, can you, oh my god, can you just imagine just relaxing at home, all of a sudden, hearing over loudspeakers that your pain pills could have been poisoned with cyanide? I have to be honest with you, if this exact thing happened today, I don't think the modern world would handle it too well. We live in a time where people go batshit crazy because you choose to drink whole milk instead of almond you know, you got, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, you got vegan shaming you because you like burgers. It's crazy. So something tells me, uh, a series of murders by poisoning would not go too well, um, in the media for any company. I, I, I'm very surprised that Johnson and Johnson and Tylenol were able to figure this shit out as quickly as they did. Now. Johnson & Johnson, they did handle things very well. They did everything that they could to fix his problem. They recalled 31 million bottles of Tylenol. They tested um, 1.5 million bottles, and, and they offered a $100,000 reward for information about whoever could have done this. And, and doing all of this cost Johnson & Johnson about $100 million. That's a lot of fucking money no matter what decade you live in (laughs) that's a lot of money now that's a lot of money then holy balls ah damn Um, (laughs) now it's a good thing that they decided to recall all the all these pill bottles because they they found three more bottles that did have cyanide pills inside of them now one of um one was inside a person's medicine cabinet one was purchased and one was actually returned to the store um, which is, you know, kind of, huh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that one, um, that one was actually sitting on the, on the store shelf waiting to be repurchased. So during the investigation, it was discovered uh, that the tainted bottles were purchased off, uh, were purchased at different stores and, uh, the, and the containers involved were manufactured in different States. So the police was able to rule out, uh, assembly line tampering pretty, pretty quickly, pretty fast. Um then they realized that someone was most likely taking the pill bottles off of the shells, putting the cyanide into the capsules and returning them to the shells, which I can imagine probably took a lot of time to to do that and to do that and not leave a lot of uh fingerprints and things like that. It's just a lot of work, honestly you know these this day and age people just shoot each other guns are so easy to get this is who's gonna take time to poison people like no one does that anymore usually i don't know i, I don't know <laughs> but this shit is wild so in all of this tal and all decided it's time for a change guys we got to figure out another way to gain the public's trust we what can we do george what do you got I don't really know if there's anyone named George making that up. But, ooh, excuse me, that was a weird belch. It was inside, didn't even come out. It was strange. Anyways, they they decided uh, to redesign the pill bottle to make it, son of a bitch. You know what? I'm going to keep that in there. Fuck it. (laughs) Fuck it. I'm leaving it in. It came out. Anyways, um, they redesigned the pill bottle to make it safer and tamper-proof. That was a dope burp. Listen, tweet me at It's Pro Silly and rate that burp. I feel like that was like at least a nine. Don't be rude. Don't be rude. So the pill bottles were now sealed. Um... With the plastic around the bottles, you got the cotton balls inside of them, you know, to keep the pills from jumping around and falling apart and stuff, you know, um, you've, they've, they come with a warning sticker that they have on the side that says, if this seal is broken, do not purchase, you know, they also introduced a new type of pill called the caplet. Now that's a pill that can't be opened. That's the pill in solid form, um, and we usually have like the writing that's etched on it. And they said that it would be it's more difficult to alter them without destroying the entire product, which it is. So, you know, like the mold trend, you know, any any pill that can't be opened, that, okay? Um everyone um was pretty certain that this would be the end of Tylenol, but instead the company was praised for the way that they handled the situation. I mean, they were they were able to gain the trust of their consumers back, and it only took them 2 months. 2 months after 7 deaths to regain America's trust. Holy shit. <laughs> Which, you know, didn't take that long when you think about it. 2 months ain't shit. I mean, if it's like a prison sentence, it probably feels like a long time, but (laughs) this ain't shit. Now, this pretty much changed the way everything was packaged because now the public was worried about, uh, you know, that other OTC medications could be tampered with or even food, you know. So before you knew it, everything has safety seals on its packages, pill bottles, milk and anything else that you can think of. Like you get pill bottles now, um, they usually come in small little bottles that come inside cardboard boxes that are also sealed, you know, and things like that. So it's, it's kind of crazy. (laughs) So in the 80s, no one really thought that people would, you know, tamper with items, you know, like this to kill people, it wasn't really a thought. But you also have to remember that they just recently discovered what the fuck a serial killer was a few years before. So it, it's it's crazy. So the heinous things that humans do to each other now that we're so used to hearing about, you know, we're so jaded by it now. At one point, it was brand new and nobody could have ever conceived that these heinous things could happen. So when you think about it, which I think I've said a million times, Everything is the way that it is for a reason, even things as small as the way items are packaged. It's crazy when you think about it. Oh, I keep saying that so now let's figure out who done it all right we We've got ourselves um a lot of suspects that had to that had to be combed through. Uh, it could could it have been a white, a cra- uh, white crawler, a white collar crime, perhaps someone trying to mess up the Johnson and Johnson stock. You know the, the police took a look at disgruntled employees, psychiatric patients, and uh, even previous uh, shoplifters, you know, to the stores where they found the uh, the cyanide pills came from. But unfortunately, these leads, they led nowhere. Now, but uh, what is it? October fifth, nineteen eighty-two, which was six days after the final poisoning. Johnson and Johnson received a letter. This is a crazy letter, <clears throat> and uh, I actually found the letter. I'm going to share it with you. It reads: um, Johnson and Johnson, parents of McNeil Laboratories. Uh, it says, "Gentlemen, as you can see, it is easy to place cyanide, both potassium and sodium, into capsules sitting." on store shelves and since the cyanide is inside gel inside the gelatin it is easy to get buyers to swallow the bitter pill another beauty is that cyanide operates quickly it takes so very little and there will be no time to take countermeasures if you don't if you don't mind the publicity of these little capsules then do nothing So far, I spent less than $50 and it takes me less than 10 minutes per bottle. If you want to stop the killing, then wire $1 million to bank account 8449597 at Continental Illinois Bank, Chicago, Illinois. Don't attempt to involve the FBI or local Chicago authorities with this letter. A couple of phone calls by me will undo anything you can possibly do. So that's the letter. It's fucked up. And I have to say, it's a little odd that there is an account number along with the bank name. I mean, it can't be that difficult for authorities to figure out whose bank account this is. So, you know, remember that. Remember what I just said later. So it turns out um, that the accounts belong to a company called Lakeside Travels. So of course, from there, they decide to question the employees of the company to see if they knew who could have sent that letter, who could have sent it, you know? And get this here, one of the employees actually noticed that they actually noticed the handwriting. They said that it belonged to a man named Robert Richardson, who is um, a husband of a former employee. Turns out Robert Richardson wasn't even his real name. His real name was James Lewis. And when they looked up his history, they realized he had a lot of motherfucking problems. Okay. Uh, Mr. Lewis had some hella baggage. Good old James Lewis was diagnosed with uh, catatonic schizophrenia not long before the Tylenol murders. He was charged with the murder of his neighbor and was acquitted. They actually found his neighbor's dismembered body, his uh, dismembered body in his in his attic and James James's fingers prints um, at the scene. But luckily for James, the judge ruled that the search of his house was illegal. And the police, they also did not read him his Miranda rights. So he pretty much got away with murder because the police were too fucking stupid to do their jobs properly. <sighs> Anyhow, <laughs> anyway, it's moving on. Um, he even chased his mother with an ax at the age of 19. So yeah, this guy... Uh, was clearly a winner, clearly, just the kind of guy you want to bring home to meet Ma. Um, <laughs> and um, he, you you can definitely trust a man that chases his mother around with an axe, can't we? We can do that. Luckily, the FBI uh, used the stamp that was, um that was on the letter, and traced it back to him in New York. Now, it took them about three months to locate him, but they finally did. And get ready to be annoyed. You're about to be really annoyed. Get ready to be super annoyed as fuck. Okay. He was arrested for the Tylenol murders and admitted to writing the letters, but denied actually committing the crime. He was, (laughs) he was trying to frame his wife's former boss. Remember when I said, remember this? Yeah, this is the part where this comes up again. Uh, He was trying to frame his wife's former boss. And that might be why he ended up using the company's account number instead of his own. And of course, no one believed him, but he had an uh, he had a pretty airtight alibi and the police could not find any evidence or proof that he went to any of the stores where the Tylenol was purchased. Now, they had no clear evidence that uh, that could place him anywhere near those stores either. There was there was one store that had a very grainy video footage of someone who could have been James, but it was not clear enough to definitively say, definitively definitively say it was him. This is the guy, you know, so I mean, it was the 80s, you know, their security footage wasn't that great. And to be honest with you now, security footage and convenience stores and shit still aren't that great. So, <laughs> you know, so they didn't they didn't find any fingerprints or hair or anything like that any of the stores or any type of evidence that could tie him to any of those locations so he and his wife they actually bought Amtrak tickets to New York 25 days before the first poisoning occurred plus they stayed in New York until several months after the murders happened so basically the the police had jack shit on James Lewis he wasn't arrested for murder Um, And he wasn't arrested for murder and uh, he was arrested and charged with extortion um, and he was sentenced 20 years in prison and he only served 13 of those years before he was released on parole. So they didn't get him for murder, but they got him for extortion. And get this, when he was released from prison, he contacted the FBI to try to help solve the murders. Yeah, yeah, this dick, he even went as far as drawing diagrams as to how the murders could have been done, which is complete bullshit. Because if you I mean, most people like, well, I don't fucking know, you know, especially if you've been accused of it. I would like move far as fuck away from this as I possibly could. But the authorities were only speaking with him in hopes that he would make a mistake so that they could finally arrest their guy. But James never gave them what they were looking for. And eventually he refused to talk to the authorities at all. So they did, however, reopen the case in 2009 and made him and his wife submit DNA and fingerprints to the FBI to be tested. But to no avail, nada. There are <laughs> there are a lot of theories as to, you know, who could have been responsible for the all murders. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. Right after you guys take a listen to the Dumb and Busted podcast promo. Dumb and Busted has been called, quote, one of America's greatest treasures by three out of three hosts of the show. Dumb and Busted is a weekly true crime comedy podcast with stories of exceptionally smart and insanely dumb crimes. Comedian Hunter Donaldson has hailed it as the greatest thing to come out of Portland since comedian Hunter Donaldson, who is me, also hosts the show. Podcasters Allison Copeland and Hannah Ether praise Dumb and Busted as, quote, found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Just more rave reviews from two other people who host the show. Catch us every Thursday and follow us at Dumb and Busted on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Crime you later! There were many theories, and still are, obviously, as to who could have been responsible for these murders. So let's go ahead and talk about a couple of those. One of the first theories, which seems to be the most popular, is the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski. He was responsible for the... um, Well, they think that he was responsible for the Tylenol murders. Now, this was the asshole who sent bombs through the mail in the 70s and 80s, and his parents actually lived in the Chicago area. Another connection to Ted and the Tylenol murders was that he was obsessed with the word wood. Now, I know that sounds strange. <laughs> hear me out. And it's still strange even after you hear me out. Two of the three founders of Johnson & Johnson had the middle name Wood, W-O-O-D. Robert Robert, Robert. <laughs> Robert Wood Johnson I and James Wood Johnson. And the third Johnson was Edward Meade Johnson. Now, another suspect was named uh, was named um, was Roger Arnold. I cannot read my handwriting for some reason. Roger Arnold. Uh, he also lives in the Chicago area and was turned in because he made strange comments about the murders at a bar. Now the bar uh, owner, Marty Sinclair reported him to the police. Now it turns out that Roger had some evidence working against him and he did work at the same warehouse that Mary Reiner's father, one of the victims, and Adam Janus, uh, bought the tainted bottle from the same warehouse. So uh, there, it's a little, it's a little fishy. It's a little fishy. But unfortunately, he did not have uh, connections to any of the other victims. So yeah, police did find other things though. They found a book on how to be a criminal. Um, Literally, that's the book and (laughs) potassium cyanate. Uh, But there was no trace of cyanide uh, anywhere in his home because he was turned in. The media harassed Roger and he started to have a mental breakdown. He blamed Marty for turning him in and was planning to get his revenge so he got the bright idea to go to the bar one night and approached a man who he thought was the bar owner uh, who he thought was the bar owner marty sinclair and he said to the man you turn me he said you turn me in and uh, shot the man in the chest and then drove off now it turns out Roger shot the wrong man and the man he shot was not the bar owner, but he was a name. He was a man. His name was John Stanisha. I hope I said his name correctly. And unfortunately John passed away from his gunshot wound. Now they convicted uh, Roger of murder January 1984 and he was sentenced to 30 years in prison, but only served about 15 of those years. Now it's sad to say To this day, we still have no idea who committed this crime. You know, 270 copycat crimes have occurred since then. You know, people actually filled pills with hydrochloric acid and other poisons. And we can't forget about the stores we've heard about, uh, you know, finding razors. um, Stories, excuse me, all the other stories that we heard about the people finding razors and other dangerous items in their Halloween candy and You know, it's it's just it's it's this fucking world that we live in right now. This horrific coward took the lives of several people and was never caught. He or she could be anywhere. Now, I think what this person has done was single handedly change the outcome of the future. The packaging of everyday items is now safer. Their cowardice and cruelty changed how the entire world works. It kind of pisses me off, honestly. And especially what's going on nowadays. Oh man, you don't really know who to trust anymore. We're at war with the police right now. We're at war with the government. We're at war with each other. And it's like, fuck man, is there anyone that we can... Like, what? (laughs) I honestly feel like the entire world needs to quarantine itself for two weeks. Every week, stay your ass inside, (laughs) you know, and let it's time to heal. We we need to heal. We really, we really fucking do. Now, dealing with a Unabomber, uh, Ted Kaczynski, um, he was obviously not, um, he wasn't the guy. Because people like Ted Kaczynski, they're going to want their notoriety they want to they want everyone to know that they did it and that's another strange thing is the fact that no one stood up and said yeah this is me and there was evidence of the fact that could say yeah this is them this person did what they did and never took credit for it which is kind of scary because that leaves us with the unanswered question why Not to mention that the way that Johnson and Johnson decided to handle this crisis by stepping up, apologizing, fixing the issue, recalling all that stuff, it cost them a hundred million dollars to make things right. There are still a lot of companies to this day who refuse to admit that they were in the wrong. You know, it's insane, but nowadays there are some companies who do like, for instance, um, United Airlines when, um, when they dragged that dude off of the plane, you know the, the, pres- the CEO of, of United was like, well, we apologize. this isn't the way we do things. blah 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 blah. So technically, when you think about it, Johnson and Johnson uh, created the apology video <laughs> when you think about it because all the youtubers and, 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 and celebrities and social media influencers who do idiotic, stupid shit, and then apologize later down. Oh, I'm sorry that I decided to disgrace the entire Japanese culture and show everyone a human dead body on my YouTube video. Who am I? Logan Paul. God, he's a fucking tool. I still don't like him. Um, <laughs> you know, and then you've got um, the issue with Facebook with Mark Zuckerberg, you know, apologizing for pretty much stealing our data and admitting that that's what was going on and and shit like that. So I'm still waiting on Trump to apologize, honestly, but I don't think that's ever going to fucking happen. (laughs) Yeah, okay. The day that happens, I'll I'll eat my shoes. Swear, I'll eat my shoes. (laughs) Now, if there's anything that you can take from this podcast episode, it's do everything in your power not to need pain medication. Okay. Or, you know, maybe don't poison people because it's wrong. Don't do that. (laughs) Professionally silly life rules, guys. Honestly, man, I've never really been a Tylenol girl to begin with. Motrin was always my OTC of choice. Now I'm she. So this is (laughs) this episode was something else. So shout out to BuzzFeed Unsolved YouTube channel, Retro Report YouTube channel, wikipedia news active three youtube channel uh crimemuseum.org the new york times website and filmdaily.co all of these dope ass websites and youtube channels (laughs) played a part in helping me with my research and also um News Active 3 and uh, Retro Report, those channels are the ones that I use to grab those sound sound bites. So I will include the links to those videos down below so you can watch them in their entirety if you would like to. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, if you have anything uh, awesome that you want to share with us, any awesome stories on this podcast, be sure to email them to me at uh, it's professionally silly at gmail.com. It can be ghost stories, true crime stories, confessions, embarrassing moments, whatever you want. Send them in. This podcast covers a lot of amazing, interesting topics, so there's always room for your awesome stories. So you can be anonymous, by the way, if you would like to. Just let me know in your email. And you can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter, both are at It's Pro Silly. Do me a huge favor and uh, share my content with others. My podcast as well as my YouTube channel, Professionally Silly. Um, they are so much fun and there is a little something there for everyone. My YouTube channel is literally the visual version of this, except I don't usually discuss the same topics. so I like to keep things different. So you're interested in each each time you watch or listen. But yeah, hit me up. Let me know. Um, <laughs> so it's like, what do I say? Did I say it all? Did I finish? Oh, if you enjoyed this episode or any episode that you would like to uh, review. Uh, Let me know. You can let me know on Apple podcast, or you can hit me up on our new Twitter page at it's pro silly. Like I said before, uh, make sure you share, um, my content with every soul that you come across on earth. That'd be great. Thank you guys so much for joining me every week. Like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. It is it means a lot to me because I work a lot of, I, I work really hard on my podcast and I work really hard on my YouTube channel. So for those of you that are supporting me just by viewing or, or by listening, it means a lot. Um, also guys, make sure you check out the show notes for some bonus information like my social media. So, uh, do that. I got Instagram, TikTok, world's greatest videos, um, Snapchat, Twitter, all that. Check me out down below. Once again, guys, I'm your audible booth thing, Amber Smiles Jones. And thank you so much for listening to the Professionally Silly Station here on Anchor FM, where I take my silliness seriously. Feel free to call in uh, about any episode of Professionally Silly that you've heard through the Anchor app, or you can do so via my Google voice number, call slash text me For a chance to be featured on my podcast, 805-664-1828. Once again, 805-664-1828. Until next time, my loves. Watch where you step because, you know, there's pieces of shit everywhere.